It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder get their first win of the year. SGA scores 33 points, but that wasn't the best stat from him in this game. Plus, Trey Mann is a legitimate breakout candidate. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by LinkedIn, it is going to be about your Oklahoma City Thunder getting their first win of the season so far, beating the L.A. Clippers in this game behind SGA's 33 points, a 21 nothing run in the third quarter. Trey Mann, fantastic as well. Plus, the bench got a huge lift from Kendrick Williams and Mike Muscala that I want to talk about as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. For the first time, uh, users, they can always use the code locked on for their $100 Deposit match up to, of course, uh, $100 on 100% is the deposit match, but also brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is there for you to help you find better and more qualified candidates by going to linkedin.com slash locked on. So we start in this game the way we always do with our game overview. And around 2.30, SGA was upgraded from out to questionable. Then we heard from Mark pregame SGA was in with no limitations and he played his normal rotational minutes and normal rotational slot in this game. And in this game, he was awesome. Plus, of course, we're going to talk about that later on, but Josh Giddy remained out with that ankle sprain that he suffered in on Sunday. Uh, Jalen Williams is out with that orbital bone fracture that he had uh, in game one. Chet Holmgren out, of course, for the entire season. And the Thunder also... uh, did not have Lindy Waters or Eugene O'Marie because they want to limit their days. Of course, on the two-way contract, uh, you can only play 50 games in the NBA. They didn't want to use one of those 50 games in this one, so they're both out and inactive with the blue. And for the Clippers, they did not have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, or Marcus uh, Morris, so it was not the full-strength Clippers, but this Clippers team is still very deep and still very good, and the Thunder got a very quality win in win number one on the season. SGA is the big story. Shea Gilgis-Alexander continues to play at an all-star clip, and he he has shown all-NBA potential in this game. 
So let's start with not the 33 points. Let's start with Shea's defense. He's been incredible. He's engaged. He's using his length, his effort. He's fighting through screens. He got three blocks. He got three steals in this game. And Mark talked about it. Mark talked about how, you know, the difference in Shea defensively this year versus some of the stuff that we've seen in the past from him is the engagement and overall kind of want to. And Shea echoed that same sentiment that it's kind of more so the want to uh, do these things in general. And then Mark said it really comes from and is kind of derivative from wanting to be a leader. So to be a leader, you got to go on both ends of the floor. And I think that that's very, you know, interesting to point out about Shea. Because here's a guy that is the offensive weapon, the offensive workhorse for this Thunder roster, for this Thunder team, right? He, he is the guy that is going to, you know, get this team where it needs to go offensively. And how many times in the NBA do we see your offensive catalyst, your offensive juggernaut, not play a lick of defense, just not even participate on that end of the floor? And it's accepted, and it's acceptable at this level. But for Shea to want to exhaust that energy to be your number one guy offensively on that end of the floor offensively, but also want to play his fair share of defense and play a really good uh, defensive game is also impressive. And so the the engagement and the drive mixed with his wingspan, mixed with him filling out his body, allows him to unlock this really good defensive potential. Now, will he be an elite defender? Uh, I think that that would be uh, premature to say, a bit of a stretch to say, but he can be a really good defender because he he has those intangibles. If you have Shea locked in and you have Shea uh, playing the best he can play and giving you all the effort he can on that end of the floor with his length, with his instincts, uh, with his body, then his switchability factor and his ability to cover ground and make the smart plays on both ends of the floor opens up so much for you. And so it makes you kind of think about what this team can be when it's maximized and it's playing in the playoffs where you're kind of more in these half-court settings and you're, you're kind of more focused on each and every possession of a game. But Shea's defense stood out in a big way. And I think that that's a credit to Mark. I think that Mark deserves a ton of credit in getting guys like Shea and guys like Trey Mann to get involved on the defensive end. Talked to Trey after the game, and Trey told the media that you know the reason why he came back and had defense as, as a focus is because Mark told him it needed to be. And Mark told him, you know, and basically alluding to the fact that Mark's expectations are, hey, if you want to play, you're going to play defense. Well, what do these two guys do? These two just kind of perennial scores and your two best scores on the roster um, in this one, they were engaged defensively, and Shea got three steals and three blocks and played really good defense overall. Trey Mann drew two charges and got two steals as well um, on the defensive end. These are two guys that are just kind of putting it all out there defensively, and credit to them for being able to do that, being able to play good defense and rotating well and fighting over screens and uh, getting steals and drawing charges, putting their body on the line, taking that kind of abuse to draw a charge. I, I, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever tried to take a charge. Luckily, I hope that you haven't from NBA players because uh, it would not end well. NBA players going full speed at you, lowering their shoulder, just colliding with you is not fun to bounce back from that and then go on the other end of the floor and try to step back three probably is very, very painful. If I had to guess, that's very, very painful. So credit to these two guys for being able to um, have a motor that allows them to play 
at a high level on both ends of the floor um, all night long. And whenever the team really, really needed them to, because they were like the only two uh, true offensive weapons that the Thunder had. I mean, the first 12 points of the night were scored six from Trey, six from Shea. (laughs) And like, it just kind of was that balanced scoring attack. Shea finishes with 33 points, eight assists, five rebounds, two for two from three, insane mid-range jumpers, insane mid-range finishes, also really good at the rim. I think that Shea also showed some really awesome passes in this one, some really awesome potential as a playmaker in general, and also went to the line nine times, cashed in all nine of them. Trey Mann finishes with 25 points, four assists, four rebounds, two steals, two charges drawn and shot 41% from the floor. So those two guys were your offensive catalyst in this one, but credit to Mark and credit to this organization for getting the defensive side of the ball right with these two guys. Because if your stars are playing defense, if, if your bucket getters are playing defense, then that trickles down to the rest of the roster. Because who are you to not play defense if the dude averaging 30 points, SGA, who's going to be an all-star, who could be an all-NBA kind of guy, is playing on both ends of the floor as hard as he can. And with that, with playing on you know defense and playing the passing lanes, getting deflections, getting steals, it allows the Thunder to play fast. It allows them to get in transition. What this team is built to do. This team is built to have you know four or five ball handlers on the floor at the same time, and you know playmakers on the floor at the exact same time. To where if anyone grabs a defensive rebound, if anybody gets in the passing lanes and gets a steal, if anyone scurries for a loose ball, then it can spark a quick boom, boom, boom pace down the floor, fast break, open look, splash, and then a three transition three, or of course with a nice easy finish at the rim. So. All in all, Trey Mann and SGA in this game played exactly the way that you needed your two best players to play. And what's fascinating is Trey Mann's potential as this really solid defender that can switch, that can do some things in the pass lane with deflections and steals, but also draw you some charges as well. I think he's up to three charges or maybe even four this year, but he's at least gotten three that I vividly remember to this game and then one in a game prior uh, this year where you know, he's up to three charges drawn already through four games. This this is a kind of trend building for him now that he's comfortable getting in position and, and, and kind of taking that blow to, to stop a possession and, of course, create one for the Thunder. Whenever these two guys can play this way, and then you're going to add Chet Holmgren, who's really good on the defensive end of the floor. You're going to add Josh Giddy, who, who, like these two, has shown way more defensive engagement and activity than what we we saw last year, has made that kind of leap uh, as well. You're going to add Jaden Williams, who who has defense as one of his calling cards uh, and talks about how he wants people to respect his defense more and understand how good he is on the end of the floor more, uh, that he thought that that got overlooked a little bit in the pre-draft process. So you are you have these two guys playing um, hard defense as prolific scorers, and then all of your other players, right, you, you're going to slide in at the top of your roster, right, Chet Holmgren. Your second overall pick. He's already he already has defense as a pride of his. Josh Giddy, sixth overall pick. He already has defense as something that he is is actively getting better at. Jalen Williams, your your lottery pick, twelfth overall. He has defense as his calling card. So building a a team that's made up of guys who want to play defense is half the battle. It's half the battle to get these guys to want to be engaged and want to play on that end of the floor. And from there, that's where guys like Mark and last year Cam Woods uh, really really help engineer a really solid defensive unit for the Thunder. Now, coming up, 
We'll talk about the Thunder bench. We'll talk about how the Thunder won this game. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at LinkedIn. Folks, LinkedIn is incredible. Uh, it is what you want to go check out. If you want to go and make a hire for your small business, uh, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go right now, add, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses write LinkedIn jobs number one in developing quality hires versus leading competitors. Folks, go right now. Go check out LinkedIn jobs and LinkedIn jobs will help you find qualified candidates fast and uh, efficiently go there right now. Go to locked on, uh, go to linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions to apply. Check it out today. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free and get qualified candidates faster for your job. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter. At Hello Thunder Pod. In this game, the Thunder also got a really, really good game from Mike Muscala and Kenny Hustle. Off of the bench, Mike Muscala starts the second half, uh, turns in eight points, 10 rebounds, a block, two assists, only one missed shot. Kenny Hustle, 10 points, two assists, seven rebounds, a block, and 62% shooting from the floor. Mentioned it in the Minnesota game in the season opener, not the home opener, the season opener. Uh, you know, without these two guys playing well, there's just too many obstacles to overcome in terms of winning games. With these two guys playing well, though, it unlocks so much for this team overall, and it was really good to see uh, them have a really solid night. In, in this game, the Thunder really had a, had a posit, have positive moments to take from everyone on the roster. I think that even Usman Jing, you know, the, the, the box score will not leap out at you, but his comfortability shooting the basketball and looking the part as an NBA player at this point in the season and in game four of his rookie year, that's already very encouraging. In this game, the Thunder grew a 26-point lead. They had a 21-0 run in the third because of that defense that we laid out there in the first segment. Whenever you can get turnovers and get stops, then that's whenever you can start stacking positive possessions on positive possessions. 
I, I don't know that right now in the current state of this roster and the current state of this healthy, you know, this, this roster health wise, much less whenever it's fully healthy or whatever. I don't know that right now that, that with this third, this current Thunder team is built to play a slog, slow half court game yet. I just don't think that that's what they're kind of built for. I think that right now they're built for pushing the pace and getting mismatches and getting advantages in their favor to help them score offensively. And you do that by getting stops and, and it stops being, of course, defensive rebounds, steals, drawing a charge, whatever the case is, those all give you uh, certain advantages and especially rebounds and steals uh, and blocks give you the advantage number wise on the other end, running back down the floor. And that helps you score the, the, the ball offensively that would not come as easy to this team in a more slow pace, slow it down kind of game. Uh, the, the Clippers never led by more than two, uh, two points in this one. There was eight lead changes, but the Clippers never could push their lead past two points. This game was tied six times. The Thunder win the rebounding battle again. They win it 69 to 56. The Thunder had five turnovers and the Clippers had 18. This was a perfect storm for the Thunder to win this game. Like they, they did everything right except for shooting threes. And if they would have shot threes better than a 13% clip, this would have been an even uglier uh, loss for the Clippers and an even better win for the Thunder. Because you look back, the Thunder win the rebounding battle, 69-56. Uh, they have five turnovers. The Clippers have 18. The Thunder shot worse than LA from the floor and from three, but still came up with this massive win. In the in the in the paint, the Thunder won the paint battle, 62 to 48. The Thunder won second chance points, 26 to 12, and the Thunder won fast break points, 17 to nine. No one on the Clippers had 20 points. Of course, Shea went for 33, Trey Mann went for 25 uh, for the Thunder, and both teams ended up though with four in double figures. Just no one on the Clippers had 20 points. No one had more than 15 in this game even for the Clippers. Like this game all lined up for the Thunder. And if the Thunder shot better than 13% from three, it would be a a knock your socks off, just incredible 20-plus point win, 30-plus point win for OKC. And they didn't have to shoot that much better than 30%. It was like a marginally marginally better than 13% from three, and they've had a much more uh, impressive win on the scoreboard in terms of point differential. But all that matters is you get the win in general. All that matters is uh, you walk away with the W and the Thunder do that 108 294 uh, in this one. And who knows who will play on Thursday for the Clippers. The Thunder in this game start SGA, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Lou Dort, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, in this game, those were the guys that led the team in minutes uh, for the most part. Of course, it was uh, SGA and Trey, who got 36 minutes each. Then you had Wiggins get 28 minutes, Lou Dort get 25 minutes, and Kenny Hustle get 25 minutes. So Jeremiah Robinson Earl missed out by you know being and completing the kind of starting in minutes by three minutes. So you know that we've been doing this exercise where we take the starters, then take the five biggest minute earners. This time, the only discrepancy is uh, dropping Jerry for Kenny Hustle, who had you know three more minutes than Jerry did in this game. Poku only had 16 minutes. Baisley only had 19 minutes in this one. Uh, I, I didn't think that either of them played bad. I think that both of them played uh, their role in a fine way, but they just weren't the hot hand. I mean, I, Muscala was great, especially in drop coverage. And Muscala described 
going back to SGA, the way that SGA fights through screens allows Muscala to play drop, and, and that's kind of what the Thunder want to do in pick-and-roll coverage. I think that Muscala played great. I think that Kenny Hustle had his best game of the year so far, albeit, of course, on a young season, but best game of his year so far. Plus, uh, you have Jeremiah Opsnerl, who, despite going 0-7, for 7, like did everything else well, just didn't really score the ball in this one. And Wiggins, he shot 35% from the floor, but I think that he you know, he did everything well in the sense of 10 rebounds, 11 points, three steals, a block. Like He, he did everything on the floor, just did not shoot efficiently. And, and that's a totally different story. Now, coming up, let's talk about the rest of this Thunder team, including Lou Dort, after yet another disappointing night for Lou Dort. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Now, I want to thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, though, go check out the Game to Game Podcast. What the Game to Game Podcast is, is the biggest storyline from every single NBA game from the night before. You can get all of that down to the to the storyline of every team, of every market, in under 20 minutes, it's that simple. Go check it out in the Locked On NBA feed um, on the Locked On podcast feed or on Locked On YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast from, and of course on YouTube as well. Uh, so I love Game to Game because, as you know, I mean, if, you, if you're going to invest in 82 Thunder games, you're bound to miss uh, some some stuff that happens outside of the Oklahoma City bubble, right? So I listen to that podcast and I listen to all the perspectives on the game. What what each host thinks is the biggest takeaway for their team. And if a headline grabs you, boom, you've got your locked on uh, listen pattern for that day. You know, if there's a huge storyline out of the Mavericks, how they blew uh, this game against the Pelicans, I'm going to check out locked on Mavericks and see what Nick and Isaac have to say about blowing this, this lead to the Pelicans who were shorthanded and didn't have Zion or BI. Like how in the world did the Mavericks lose that game? Like how in the world did they do that? I want to listen to locked on Mavs and find that out because I listened to game to game to get to that point of wanting to know more about the national side of basketball. So check it out today, Locked NBA, wherever you get your podcast from. Also, thank you so much for being here on Locked on Thunder. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And on YouTube, drop below how you feel about the Thunder getting their first win of the season. So Ludor, right? We've talked about it. Off to a rough start. And there's, there's so many ways to go about this. Lou Dort goes 1 for 11 from the floor, 0 for 6 from 3. Had an air ball in this game even. And before the game, Mark was asked, you know, do you want Lou shooting more in the corner or above the break? 
something that I've talked about a ton on this podcast, and Andrew Schlecht of The Athletic asked Mark about it uh, today. And Mark said, open. I want Lou Dort shooting whenever he's open. Obviously, your coach is going to back you publicly and has to back you publicly, and I think that Mark truly believes that Lou Dort should shoot the ball whenever he's open. Uh, and and I, I believe that Mark thinks and is telling Lou that, you know, when you're open, no matter where you're at on the floor, shoot the ball. We trust you. We've got your back. Uh, we, you know, if, if you miss, we'll get a rebound. If you make it, great. We'll get back on defense and play. And after the game, whenever Lou struggled again, Mark said that, you know, a lot of these struggles from Lou are on Mark. That's on the way that Mark is coaching Lou and trying to get Lou to do even more and trying to get Lou to evolve as a player. And he mentioned, you know, the Thunder are having Lou go out there and guard the best competition each and every night and then asking him to put even more in his plate offensively. Uh, and so that leads to some of these downtrodden games. My opinion with Lou Dort, I've often said that I think that when this roster is fully flushed out, so you've got Shea healthy, you've got Josh Giddy healthy, you've got Trey Mann healthy, you've got Chet Holmgren healthy, you've got whoever the Thunder draft in 2023, let's not even worry about that for right now, but whoever that may end up being, all of those things, you've got Jalen Williams healthy, all of those things, those six things, push Lou Dort down the offensive hierarchy to the point where all you have to ask of him is to be a really good cutter. Maybe even put him in scenarios where he's screening for SGA or screening for Josh Giddy, who's a really good cutter, where he's a really good uh guy that shoots in the corner, which he shot 44% in the corner last year, and he can do that at an effective clip, uh, where that's kind of all you're asking from him. And so by by result, his numbers go up, uh, his numbers go up, and that makes fans happier, of course, and that makes things uh, feel better and look better uh, in the grand scheme of things for the Thunder. And, of course, he still gets to retain that incredible defensive prowess. I have Mark called him a defensive animal after the game. Uh, that's kind of how I envision Ludort's role going from here on out in his career. I could be wrong about that. That's just kind of how I envision it unfolding for him. As far as this season goes, it's not fun. It's not sexy, but I do think that the correct take or opinion is to just wait. Because, yes, he's going you know, 1 for 11 from the floor and 0 for 6 from uh, 3 in an air ball. He had two rebounds in this one. Uh, still played really good defense. But let's just remember that this is four games. This is a four-game sample size. If the, if if Lou Dort had this same four-game sample size in, say, January, it is nowhere near as heightened as it is right now. Let's also not forget that in in summer league, we wanted you know fans wanted Trey Mann uh, cut from the team because he wasn't playing well in summer league, and now you're seeing his 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 progress and his improvement uh, in an actual NBA setting, which is. Not apples to apples in that comparison, but it's it's to say, for Trey Mann, we overacted to a four-game sample size of Summer League like to an unbelievable degree. Let's not make that same mistake if you're out there saying anything about Lou Dort and his future with the team. Let's, let's not make that same mistake about Lou Dort that we did with, with Trey Mann in Summer League. Like I told you in Summer League, calm down, it's only four games. I'll tell you right now, calm down, it's only four games. And let's just say that it never gets better. Let's, let's just say that Lou Dort, continues to struggle and continues to struggle and and just does not have it offensively this year. I still don't believe that is a a a point of panic for the Thunder or the fan base. It shouldn't be anyway because of what I just mentioned, where in the ideal world, 
this isn't Lou's role, in my opinion. In the ideal world, whenever this thing is fully fleshed out, I don't believe that this evolution of Lou Dort and, and, and you putting so much on his plate offensively, I don't think that that's what the Thunder want to do long term. I think that they have the, the luxury and they have the ability to try that in this season um, and try to develop that and cultivate that. But if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. And if it does work out, well, that's just gravy on top of everything else that Ludwig can already do at a very high level. But obviously, it's disappointing for everyone involved that Ludor can't get these shots to fall. But also, as Mark pointed out in the pregame, you know, if, if he knocks, it, you know, if three of these shots don't rim out, his percentages skyrocket, and we're again not paying attention to this storyline. If just three balls, you know, sil- you know, circle around the the rim and eventually fall in instead of falling out, this is a non-storyline. So it's kind of it's kind of finicky in that way. It's kind of it's kind of up and down in that way, um, in terms of the the way that we discuss these things a lot of the time. Because he is shooting open shots. Like, th- there's a few times that he forces it. There's a few times where, hey, you know, you just shot with, like, 19 seconds left on the shot clock. Maybe don't do that one. Or, hey, you know, the guy's hand's right in your face and you shot. But th- those are few and far between. Mostly these are wide open shots and, like, really good looks that you want him taking that just aren't falling right now. He's not having the shooter's l- role, the shooter's luck, uh, if you will. And so you want to keep at it with him. He- he's-, he's not doing anything necessarily wrong. And I think that it shows that... The process is right because he hasn't lost confidence at all. And to me, for him to not lose confidence after the poorest start is a testament not only to him in general, but also a testament to him, I think, believing he's on the right track, right? And he's doing everything right in preparation for games, during games, in decision-making while playing the game, that he believes that with everything that he's doing, eventually the results will come as well. And so that's where I'm at with all of this. Everything looks good. What Mark is saying about it is good. What Lou is saying about it is good. The decision-making is good. Everything is good except for the stat line. And it's a four-game stat line. So I'm going to give it more than four games. And then we'll readdress it. But obviously, there's obviously it's not a good stat line after four games. There's nothing else to say. Uh, about that. But it is great that the Thunder got their first one of the year. Now, we're going to have a mailbag podcast, so drop your uh, questions down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That'll be out uh, later on today. And we're going to recap the Clippers game from Thursday on Friday. And on Thursday, we're going to discuss this stock watch scenario. What, what players am I buying and selling stock in after a week of the season? And Let's take it around the NBA also. What NBA players in general are we buying and selling stock from at this point in the season? So until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 